Welcome to Season 2 of Visiting's Radio Show, where we talk to artists who are engaged with the public outside traditional exhibition spaces. I'm Alan Nakagawa. Jessica Ceballos Campbell is an artist, writer, poet, musician, and activist. I recently asked Jessica to come over and tell us how she balances her art-making career with her activist work and now parenthood. You can view her work and links to other projects at uh, www.jessicaceballos.com. That's J-E-S-S-I-C-A-C-E-B-A-L-L-O-S.com. My name is Jessica Ceballos E. Campbell, and I'm a literary program curator and writer. And you have a little bit of a scratchy throat, so you're you're gonna be you're gonna have uh, lozenges in your mouth. Yeah, I so know. I have to be careful. Okay. That's okay. It's gonna be a little annoying. No, no, no. That's fine. Uh, as long as we give everybody the heads up, uh, tolerance is <laughs> <laughs> very important, right? It is. Isn't it? it is building yeah. building tolerance. All right. Thanks for coming over. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for the tour. Yeah, and, uh, a lot of stuff. Yeah, this here. is super exciting. I'm, I'm nervous. This was um, why it's an amazing podcast you have. Oh, I is feel it? great. Yeah, I'm super oh. honored to be invited to be part of this. Thank you. Yeah, some great people have. I wonder been. if you're our only listener. Ah. I have no idea how many people listen to this thing. I don't have that counter thing on. It's so easy to subscribe on uh, iTunes. I think I have a subscription. Thank you for coming. I know um, you're, you've lived in many, many places, right? You've like, Metaphorically no, and no, physically. Physically, yeah, yeah physically. Yeah. But LA's your home now, right? LA's my home. How long has it been your home? Well, I mean, do you count West Side as LA? Of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I mean... Let's say I'm going to be 42, so I think I've lived in L.A. 38 years of that, okay, 38 maybe. Okay. Yeah, for the most part. Um, I, I lived in Alaska for about a little more than a year. In 2005, I came back, um, and I've been here since. What were we doing in Alaska? That, uh, the real reason is really complicated, um, pretty much escaping like everybody else who lives in Alaska who isn't native. Um, mm. And yeah, I was uh, AmeriCorps. It was an AmeriCorps oh, member okay. over there and working in, in, uh, with different communities. So um, what should we talk about? Because there's so much to talk about. You, so much. You do, you do so many things. What are you working on now? Let's start there. What are you working on now? Well, we just got what I should be working on now. Um, we just got the okay. So so we were, I'm doing a project with Avenue 50 Studio, who I work with often, um, and we were funded by the Cal Humanities um, grant, their quick grant, to work on bilingual chapbooks. Oh, congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. It's huge. It's really important because Cal 
humanities don't often um, fund, you know, literary projects. Mm -hmm. And these are these are readings that we're going to be doing for and along with um, a lot of exhibits that we're having. So some really great stuff. But so during the federal shutdown, um, Cal Humanities was not being funded by the National Endowment for Humanities. Um, so they stopped all their payments to mm. all 96 projects in California. It was really bad. Yeah. Um, but we just got the okay that they're going to be granting. And I didn't want to really continue further until that was, that was guaranteed. Um, of course there's stuff looming, you know, looming right now. We don't know what's going to happen, but, but they were like, yeah, they're going to be funded. So they were pretty secure that, that they'll get the money. Um, and so that's what I'm working on um, because they're going to be bilingual. It takes a lot of work um, and because we're going to have pretty much one chapbook a month to do, um, to, to work on. And then, so I have to get the poets and but I'm doing some curating uh, of some shows. So that's a project. Um, and then, you know, February 15th is a big grant deadline season. Um, so I'm working on a whole bunch of other projects. And I have like three days to finish those applications. Oh, maybe um, we should have recorded this after <laughs> that. That's all right. Okay. Uh, I work good with uh, pressure. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that and then um, just a bunch of little projects. Um, there's work to do regarding the Latina Writers Conference. Where's that going to be? That, you know, we had it, we've had it two years now, um, but we're switching it over to every two years and we're going to be broadening it making it national. Um, but we have to get our group together and kind of reconvene and plan, um, those kinds of things because we want to involve more, um, it takes planning. Those things are pretty big. Um, yeah. So where will it take place? It's at Plaza de la Raza okay. again. Um, it'll stay there, I think. Uh, we're pretty sure. It hasn't grown to need more than that yet. Um, not yet. So it, does it take place in the theater? Or? It takes place in the dance room, in the theater, and in, I believe we had, in, um, there's an art room. It's kind of a multi-room oh. um so in there also, but there's this new space that they have that's an outdoor space by located by a mural that was just put in or that's going to be put in. I forget. Mm -hmm. um, and so we hope to have some events there as well. So, but it's an all day. It's, it, it's grown to be an all day event. Plaza de la Raza has been around a really long time, hasn't it? I, I think this I is mean, the so 50th anniversary. Many, so oh, is it? I think it's wow. the 50th. 50. Or 40, 40 or wow. 50, which is a big difference, but... Mm, I wouldn't yeah, be surprised if it's, if it's been 50. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, it's but there's a need, right? And what I think it's perfect is it's, that's the oldest city in LA, Lincoln Heights. So... There you go. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and there's just a big need in that area. And yeah, they have programming and um, that's really important. So I love that space. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's a great space. And, and the community is changing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How do they talk about that? Um, you know, I haven't had those conversations um, with them, but I know like we talk about it. I, maybe I have had one or two with um, a couple of people there, but I know I talk about it with Kathy all the time at Avenue 50. And 
but it's really interesting because the community has changed. Therefore the need has changed, right? So usually these places serve, serve, serve people who, who need it's free. A lot of times they're free or low cost programming. Um, because that's the demographic. Um, it's accessible to the demographic. With the changes means a lot of time you have lower number of people who are going to be affected by the programming. Hmm. But it's really weird because the new people who are coming into the neighborhoods also value this kind of programming because they're really into multiculturalism and all these things are like big really important for them in their lives, but they don't, they see free programming differently, mm. I think. So where they would pay, they would prefer probably to pay. Mm -hmm. Like they would value it more if there was a price tag, which then, you know, changes the whole entire structure and dynamic of the organization. Right. And that's something that we're thinking about all the time. Like, how do we write in our programming, you know, for a grant application or whatever, um, how do we write what our needs are in a community that's, com for a community that's disappearing? Mm. Um, like in Avenue 50, a lot of our community, but a lot of it's still there, you know, and that's who we serve ultimately, mm. but, and the artist. But yeah, how do we, um, how do we make up for those losses and still fit, you know, the need without mm. commodifying culture. So let's go back to Avenue 50. So right now, that is that your kind of your, your main place? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, like a hub. Your yeah. hub. Yeah, there's yeah. good energy, comfortable there. Mm -hmm. um, Kathy's great. Kathy's great, yeah. easy. Um, and she's really been like a mentor. She really helps me through a lot. Um, and, and you know, it, she's got a great ear and she has great ideas. Being on the California Arts Council, uh, you know, there's always stuff to talk about um, in terms of forward progress, you know, in our, in our uh, art culture. Right. Um, especially in L.A. So, yeah, why not, you know, why not stay in that area? Absolutely. And yeah. you live in that area. I live in the area. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do a lot. Of, there's We have the L.A. Tenants Union meetings there, um, which I do a lot with. So Tell me a little busy. bit about that. I saw that on your on your website. Yeah, it's um, pretty it's amazing. A weekly, it's pretty there's amazing. a weekly meeting? It's twice a month the second yes yeah, second and fourth wednesday um and then there's like an occasional like if we have an action where we'll, we're ha we'll have a march or something in the neighborhood we'll meet there but for the most part it's the second and fourth wednesday and um we have had a pretty consistent so it started in a church in the neighborhood that we have a local the northeast la chapter of the la tenants union there's eight i think coming up nine, um, chapters and our chapter started in a local, um, local church. Mm -hmm. And then it just it grew for whatever reason we had to move. And, and, and we moved to Avenue 50, um, which is, you know, it says a lot about how an art space, right. Which, which has been problematic for a long time in terms of accessibility and, um, 
yeah. So, but it says a lot to how we can work together. Um, especially people who are, I mean, we're dealing with the most vulnerable populations right now. A lot of people who are, who are threatened, um, with eviction, no fault eviction are undocumented people, um, and low income, which, you know, right now it's kind of a scary climate. So we need safe spaces uh, to meet and to talk about this stuff. And so Avenue 50 has been perfect and it, it is an art space. Um, but we've managed, we've managed ways to, to work together. And, and, um, we have had, it was a slow start uh, a couple years ago, but for the past, I'd say past year, we've had a solid 40 people come or more come to our meetings. That's great. It's great, but it's really sad because a lot of times they're new. I mean, we're talking 40 new people who are experiencing crazy, mm. crazy threats and, you know, displacement. Um, and we've had a lot of victory. We're, we're, we're often told we're the most active um, chapter. Yeah, we have the most, which is also weird because we have like the most um, members who are paying dues members. And it's only like $12 a year, but um, but it's it's a great effort, a great um, um, mobilizing effort. So so yeah, we're just super active where we show up to other actions. We've had successes and people winning their court battles and um, people keeping their places. Um, so, so yeah, it's pretty active. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty amazing though. There is a, I mean, I'm sure you, you can tell, right. There's this huge movement happening in LA, right? which hopefully means something. Hopefully, you know, we can stop displacement even temporarily. Would be amazing. Yeah. We gotta, yeah, we gotta do something. It's so bad out there. It is bad. Yeah. yeah, it's really bad. How did you get involved with that? <laughs> How did I get involved? Um, the LA Tenants Union, I joined up. There was three or four people involved with it in the Northeast LA chapter. And, and I had always, there was always something. There was the Northeast LA Alliance in our neighborhood, and that's a big resistance um, led by artists. And and activists, um, and they're kind of doing a little more radical stuff in the neighborhood. Uh, and, and that was something that really spoke to me. Um, like what, what, well, they were, uh, one action they did was, um, on York Boulevard, they were posting, um, these eviction notices on the buildings. Um, it was pretty great, you know, as a sign of solidarity with people who are being displaced. Um, but at the same time, like that same week, they were also showing up to buildings um, that were just being sold and getting people together and raising money through food uh, sales and stuff like that um, to fight court battles. So they were doing like a lot of different stuff in different ways. And I had known some of those people already who were involved. So I was like, this is great. Um, I volunteered, you know, poetry or whatever at a reading um, to raise awareness. So... And then we invited some during the 90 for 90, the first iteration of it, um, at the union station by writ large press. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we invited some to do like, um, it was one of the best events of that year, 2014 and at union station, we invited them to come over and, um, 
and we had conversations and we had, wow. they, yeah, they were showing photos, they were doing songs. And, um, so we did that. That was when, when Northeast Alliance was just starting. Um, and then I heard about the LA tennis, tennis union chapter. And I was like, I'll help, you know, any way that I can. And that's, um, yeah, that's when it started. So you're with you're with the, that association, and you were with writ large, but you're uh, you're still supporting them, but not not organizing with them, I guess, nope. right? Yeah, no, I mean, how can you not support you know sure. all all of them individually and together as a as a collective? And now they're um, the accomplices, which you know I know Janice Lee really well, and she's always amazing. So yeah, it's great, and they're all great. Um, yeah. But yeah, you call them a comp. Are they called a comp? No, though? it's a part of their. Um, oh, what is that? Uh, you haven't heard. No, Alan? what is it? What is um, it? So I guess, I guess it's a larger umbrella. The accomplices oh. um, is writ large press, CCM, and Entropy. Oh, I and know so that. it's all it's the, those three, and then they work together. Um, oh. to, is that what that meeting was in Pittsburgh? Like a couple of months ago, I, they said all these people, like Janice Lee, all showed up. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, I'm assuming. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, half yeah. the time I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 I'm getting there. I'm getting to that point. Like, oh, it's too much. It's a lot. There's, There's a lot going on here in Los Angeles. A lot yes. going on. Yeah, yeah and it's and the fun thing is that it's not just Los Angeles. There's there's all of these. <laughs> tentacles two-way tentacles to all these other places yeah you know, which is exciting you know it is exciting and that is interesting because i guess that's that's what's happening when, when we have you know any kind of displacement or people leaving especially when they're teachers and taking jobs in other right. states and then just people move around we're migratory that's, like tika lark yeah instance, i know and, she's so yeah. la right. she's that's like has this little family now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's exciting it's really exciting it's yeah. really interesting and it can be done right because it's all Absolutely. we got the internet and facetime and all this stuff i mean it should be done it can be done yeah it, and anything that hinders that i think is like which you know this is like it's about immigration and it's about people just migrating and moving yeah, we're yeah. mobile and right. species and like like butterflies and like it's amazing and that's who we are so when something stops that it's uh devastating right or if someone forces us into that because we have to be ready otherwise yeah. yeah are we ready jessica are we ready we're not ready no no i think yeah. so we got a lot of work to do I we guess. have a lot of work to yeah, do yeah Together, though, mm -hmm. you know, together. We have to remember that. I think um, I think that's the big, I think what happened, like stress and, and illness and, and all of these things um, force us to be alone, you know, which is not natural. Um. we talk about your recent um 
campaign. Oh my God, you're going there. Oh no. Yeah. I just thought that was because um, I'm I'm pretty sure this is true because I don't have details. But I think Christina Wong is also going for some political office. She was. Well, or yeah. Was? Well, she's now she's running for neighborhood council. Okay. Uh, elections, are, I think, are in April. That's an elect, elected office. It is, it is actually. Right. Yeah, you have the Brown Acts apply. Yeah, Brown, yeah. Um, whatever, apply. The Brown Act. The Brown yeah, Act. Yeah. Um, but she ran as Assembly District Delegate also oh, for okay. uh, 53, um, which was a week prior to to my election so it's assembly district delegates had four days of elections oh wow yeah every district was like a different day and it was weird well not every district but yeah there was you had one of four days um and basically the delegate the assembly district delegate represents democrats in that district and takes all of your issues and community voices to Sacramento and to basically help decide. There's 3,000 delegates that help to create the platform for the Democratic Party. Wow. And help to elect, like, the chair and help to elect uh, people, <laughs> Democratic right. Party, California Democratic Party uh, people. And building the infrastructure, basically. Building the yeah. infrastructure. It's a huge deal. That's it's a, a big pretty deal. big deal. It's a big deal. It really, especially the very fractured, problematic Democratic Party. So, yeah, it sounded amazing. I'd never heard of it. it they used to charge only about three. So it's every two years. Mm -hmm. About three elections ago, they used to charge $5 to vote. Oh. Which is so, yeah, so weird. And uh, it used to be, I think, like one day, cut like two hours. So they elongated it to three hours and four different days. Um, but, you know, they're very, it's still kind of like the Wild West of voting. There aren't many regulations. Um, people, like, you could build these slates. Uh, an assembly district representative, Congress people can build slates, pick, hand pick who they want in a slate. And, um, you know, they can hire Teamsters to come and vote. And they can hire, you know, they can pay for big spaces um, at the election areas, you know, for people to come and eat food and to get free tacos if they vote and all this stuff. And, at the same time, while well, you have like other elect, other um, delegate, um, when you have other delegates running who have no money and none of those resources, so it's a little weird. Oh. Um, it's a little weird. Mm. But you decided to run. I decided to run. Um, That's great. It was, I mean, I think everybody should run. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it becomes a popularity contest. But yeah, I mean, I think I'm as I, I'm a lifelong Green Party person, so I think I'm as left progressive um, as it gets. Um, yeah, so I thought it was it was important to run. I might run again. Yeah, we'll see. That's. 
That's yeah, there were there were there were a couple a couple artists. Um, and who are yeah, the Amar, Amar, who's a great writer. Um, he's on Kaya Press. He's a video videographer and writer and like computer person. Um, but he was the one who actually who kind of taught me all about it. Oh, um, okay. So yeah, so he's super cool. And there was another. There's like there, there was another um, artist, Sing Yi. She's amazing. She's an amazing activist. Um, but super radical also. Um, I think she paints. Um, okay. She's a visual artist. But that's it. And um, I think there was like only a handful of people who work in housing, like for tenants' rights. And um, so that was interesting out of, mm. I think, 47 candidates. Oh. Yeah. You would think. Um, yeah. I think it ended up, the people who ended up winning the spots, because um, there's 14 who were elected, um, were pretty centrist, you know? Mm. I mean, a couple of them maybe are somewhat progressive, but it's pretty pretty middle of the road, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I bet you, you would have been able to vote, even if you're not in our district. Really? Yeah. Oh, I Sadly, got the sense I wouldn't how, have been. No, they stopped. Uh, they stopped looking. Oh, after a while, yeah, it was, it was really. Yeah, there was a that challenge sound about it. Kosher. Nope, not good. So no. hopefully we'll have better, better, uh, oh. better checking next time. So okay. yeah, <laughs> you should have tried. <laughs> oh. But it, it must have been a. That was the first time you ever ran for a political office, other than neighborhood council, because I consider that somewhat. Oh, yeah. so you have somewhat. run. I no, I was in neighborhood council for like four years. That's political. Years. Yeah. Yeah, four, yeah, yeah, yeah. For Heart, the Highland Park area. For the Highland Park, yeah, oh. yeah. During, I ran. I went in to to fight displacement and gentrification, and um, alcohol licenses are a big deal. Um, oh. For me, I try to fight those in the neighborhood. Um, and I went in and I had the support. I won because I had all the bicyclists because I was pro-bicycle ah. lane. I had all the bicyclists. And um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I mean, who doesn't want bicycle lanes? Like, who doesn't want bicyclists to be safe? The I don't city understand. council. No, the and, city. <laughs> and the people. And a lot of people aren't. They A lot of people don't want bicycle lanes because mm. it slows down traffic. It's like... And if you slow down traffic for a lot of people, that means no job. That means they're late for work, and oh. it, it can get it gets weird. But we we would argue when I say we when I was at LADOT, we oh, would yeah. argue that if you slow down traffic because you're not slowing it down at a halt, you're just slowing it slow down, down. That they'll be able to see the businesses a little bit better. Absolutely, it's <laughs> true. It's and you might even think consider stopping. Yeah, I'm going in. Oh, I didn't know there was that there. I'm gonna go check that out Saturday. Yeah, you know? that's, yeah, yeah, that's good. a good thing. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, it got so crazy. Yeah. But yeah, that was fun. It was fun. Every council was fun, except when, you know, people are coming in crying because they're losing their home, and and then neighborhood council presidents are like, leave, shut up, really? <laughs> you can't talk anymore. Your time is up. Oh, it was bad. Mm. It's they're pretty notorious for that. But, um, but we'll see, mm. but I'm not running for that anymore. Yeah. Um, maybe next time, but I got in too many fights. I need, I need more peace in my life. <laughs> that was, fighting. Wow. That is literally fighting the good fight. It's a fight. Wow. I'm excited about Christina Wong though. Yeah. Did yeah. she get, 
Uh, elections aren't until April, okay. but she did. Um, she is a candidate, I believe. How old is your kid? 17 months. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. How's yeah. that going? It's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, you know, he's a foster kid, but we're in the road. We just had a court date. We're on the road to adopting. Okay. It's, um, I'm all about, like, that's one field that I wanted to work in. Um, if I were a delegate is the foster system. Oh, and child welfare, right. yeah. I saw that on your platform. Yeah, um, oh. trying to make it more equitable. Um, yeah, it needs a lot of work. Um, but, you know, every circumstance is different. And we are unique in ours. Uh, not to give up too much, but, you know, we really get along with his family. His family needs us. We need them. You know, it's like a whole thing. It's really great. It couldn't be better. Um, and... And so this is a good thing to adopt him. You know, a lot of times we want the parents to have their child back. That's, right. <laughs> um, but this situation's a little different. So it's great. Mm. It's really it couldn't be better. Um, but uh, but still, you know, it's, there's a lot of the foster system and paperwork and all of that it takes time. I had no idea. Um, and it's just a lot of energy, and it's like, and just the ba babies take up a lot of energy. But I, th I think I'm there, though. I think I'm at the point, I, I think I'm there where I can figure out, okay, I got to do this. Right. Carve that time and then do it. I think I'm, I think I'm there. I know how to, like, delegate or project manage, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Or time manage. Time manage, yes. I don't know. Time yeah. manage. Yeah. It's exciting. It is. Yeah. It is exciting. Everything is different. Like, everything, everything has a different purpose, even art, you know with the family not even just just knowing that i have to do it like for but let's put the family away for a second and just knowing that i have to do my work has a different purpose and meaning that concludes another episode of visitings thank you to jessica sabayos de campbell for her time and insight again you, find, you can find more information on her work at www.jessicaceballos.com. You can find more episodes of Visiting's radio show at SoundCloud, iTunes, dublab.com, or our website, visitings.net. If you visit us on SoundCloud or iTunes, please leave a comment so more people can learn about our show. Thanks, as always, to the Echo Park Film Center and DubLab for their support. I'm Alan Nakagawa, sitting in my living room in Koreatown, saying thank you for listening to Visitings. Mm -hmm.